0: Hi, my name is George Weedman, and I have with me my two business people partners, Liam Edwards and Matt Visual. Hi. Hey. And today, we're here to present a -a once-in-a-lifetime business proposal. We have new numbers and new products to offer. That's right. When it comes to leisure-listening podcasts and products, we are the number four distributors in Kazakhstan, number nine in Costa Rica, and we're climbing our way up from 30th place in Greece. But what I'm here to talk about today is Dad Shirts by Dad. A sexy new merchandising opportunity for you and your customers to spread organic viral dad awareness so we can all penetrate our core market demographic graphics together with a masterful design drawn by @zigpasta from twitter.com it's generating a measurable surplus in style and grace we've got dad and son's t-shirts dad and son's coffee mugs dad and son's junior athletic racerback tr- tracks, tank tracks, dad and son's face masks and hoodies and wall posters and refrigerator magnets. Oh my God. I'm drowning in dad and son's merchandise. There's too much of it. It's everywhere. It's available from the Public link in the description for 33% off. I'm choking. I can't go on.
1: Can, oh. can you really buy all that stuff? That sounds amazing. You can. I can't wait to buy them at t shirts.com.
2: I already bought ten. That's tpublic.com.
1: Tpublic.com. Can't wait. For
2: for thirty-three percent off. Forward slash dad hyphen and hyphen sons hyphen podcast and a long string of text letters that you can find in the description below.
1: Oh, it's 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 a mouthful. <laughs> clearing out my bank account right now.
2: I didn't even have a bank account. I've gone into debt. I've bought so much merchandise. And you
0: will, too, after you see these. I can't. I,
2: can't, <laughs> I don't know how long I can keep that up, guys. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Buy a
0: t-shirt. Credits roll. <laughs> but yes. Um. Yeah. And all 100% Um. Um. real talk sincerity. We have sick ass rad new merchandise on the way. In the mail to our houses, and it can be on the way in the mail to your, to your house too. To
2: your houses as well. You can be just like us and purchase your own merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that speaks, if <laughs> not Woo! anything, to Zig's design. Thank you. Oh yeah!
1: It, it it's, it's amazing. It's rad. Go, go see and buy. Spend all the mm. spend all the money.
2: Oh man. Spend all of your Corona surplus checks.
1: Buying Bitcoin? Fuck, fuck that. Fuck Bitcoin. Fuck, fuck financial security for the rest of your life. Fuck retirement fund. Buy, buy dad and son's T-shirt.
2: Pension? What that?
1: Sleep, sleep with it. That will keep you warm at night.
2: Matt will keep you warm at night.
1: I, I, as his face is on
2: the shirt. Yeah. I, I actually will. Nothing quite
0: stimulates me back awake in the morning, like uh having to to sell products for money that you need to live.
2: I'm Paul <laughs> I was
0: about to ask how are we doing but it sounds like I already got at least one answer to that question what, what 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 about you matt how 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 are you right now?
1: I don't remember if I slept or not
2: yeah when you messaged me two hours ago oh it was uh, two oh, hours? three okay. hours ago okay. uh I was like, wait, what the fuck? Re- <laughs>
1: you know, I was playing, like, I was like, man, my, my phone keeps ringing at me. I keep hitting it. I'm wondering, what's that about? And I noticed that it was, like, like 7.16. And I was just like, oh, D- Dan and Sons. And that's when I <laughs> texted, <laughs> you, texted you guys. I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally awake. Totally I'm here, ready I'm to here, go. I'm here. I'm ready to yeah. sell
2: shirts. I wake up at 7 a.m. every day, ready to sell shirts.
1: Ooh, definitely still drunk. I think, like four hours ago, I was taking shots. So let's go. <laughs> let's,
0: let's fucking go. I'm 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 also rolling on two hours of sleep. I don't have as as good a reason. Um, I'm
2: going to be lacking in two hours of sleep because of this podcast.
0: I stayed up uh, playing. VR games, so I would uh, have have something other than than one topic to talk about. But this week, I believe we all played games that we're eager to tell other people about. All freaking week, you guys were going on and on, back and forth with each other about about the latest Yakuza game. Like you guys are knee deep into yeah. it, and it sounds like you were loving it. Damn, I totally <laughs> forgot how. Okay, okay, Yakuza. Oh, that's what that's what yeah. you woke up here for I, to to r- rave is, and gush.
2: We had to delay the podcast by a day, and Matt. I mean, it was Matt's fault, but yes, it. It's, Matt was it like, "Fuck!" Fault. Now I have to wait another day. <laughs> to talk about yakuza
1: let me see yakuza 7 they hid they hid the seven away because this is like brand new game it's in my opinion mm. nothing fucking like any of the yakuza games this is like brand new shiny i i've only played s- zero i've only played zero for about uh 45 hours apparently that's, that's, that's what Steam tells me. 45 hours. I like, I like how you preface that with only, though. Only, only 45. 45. E- exactly. Exactly. Because I played this current one for about 65.
2: Whoa. So apparently. Holy shit. I, I just hit 30 hours. Oh, my God.
1: I've completed. Yakuza 7.
2: <gasps> you did it? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I know Leo was going to ask me that. I
1: know Leo was going to ask me that. Hey, how far did you get? I've completed that. I
2: play the game like two hours every night, and that is like a lot. And like, I, oh man, that is amazing. That is amazing. Dude, well done.
1: Since last week. I can't believe that.
2: So if anybody doesn't know, obviously I've talked about Yakuza for the past two weeks. I obviously my opinions are developing and we're hearing them in real time. But Matt was like, damn, okay. Let me try it out. I'm gonna have to check this game out. And I was like, look, yeah. you're gonna have a good time. It's different, you know, it's an RPG this time. The story is great. And you just went have. You were like messaging me all the time, nonstop about like, wow, this motherfucking game.
1: I had a fucking great time, Liam. I had a fucking <laughs> great time.
0: Is the final boss that, like, bleached Japan guy with the punchable face who kind of looks like Asian Ben Shapiro?
1: I'm not going to spoil a damn thing.
2: Yes, that is the one thing I want to make clear because the story of Yakuza 7 is really fucking good. I it's... don't want to spoil anything for anybody about that game.
1: We 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 often talk about video game stories, right? Hmm. Where it could be hit and miss. It could be just all right, which is usually I'm okay with, like, Just all right. It just needs to finish good. This one, throughout, this is the best JRPG I have ever played in my entire life.
2: Wow.
1: This game, for me, has to be game of the year. It's that good for me. I I didn't like just rush through the story. I played (laughs) No. I played the mini games. I got like rank one in the business. Play some, yeah. some Dragon Card. I've played the bait, like, like the weird baby side quests. I've, I, I did, did a, I did a lot of the, the, the extra stuff, and I'm actually still going in and playing a little bit of the extra stuff because it's, it's fun. It's, it's actually like legit fun. They put a lot of time and effort into this game, and let me tell you, man, there's some love in there, man. There's gotta be some love in there. That, that game is impressive. Impressive for sixty-five hours, the story stayed consistently going all. Over. It's not perfect. This game's not perfect. No, but it's goddamn well, like fucking near. I mean, I mean, it's better than a lot of the shit we've been playing for the last few years. <laughs> I gotta say, it's. So, I mean, you you get a certain used to a certain amount of. Garbage. Like I, I remember looking at a, a JRPG the other day, and literally, it's played with. Oh, if if the girl has thick thighs and big boobs, like that's what that's what these dudes play these games for. And this is like, okay, it's like all over the reviews and stuff. This game, it's literally, you're literally playing it there, j- just just for interesting characters and anything. There's none of that in this game. You know, not not to say that there, there isn't like some type of sex appeal. But it's it's like normal, normal stuff, yeah. Because that's, that's that's kind of what like anime has become. Yeah. That's kind of what with certain JRPGs have become. I mean, if you play stuff for that, then, you know, more power to you. I kind of I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit of I like the normal shit, you know. I like the normal shit. This this game is there. This this game has like like Liam said, the serious and the outrageously funny shit. Just, just stupid, stupid stuff, man. And somehow, (laughs) somehow, stick the landing. Yes. Oh my god, the baby, (laughs) the baby thing. Because there's something about what you mentioned last week about character progression, where literally, um, which is like it's not new to the Yakuza series, where like characters would downright be almost unforgivable at one point, and you could, it, they kind of flip them not sometimes not even like all the way to like oh they're friends with you but like you see a different side of it Mm. the backstory for a lot of this stuff is so interesting to me it's so it's not some one-dimensional bullshit like it it might be sometimes a little little nutso but like i mean some (laughs) some thought came came through this and, and, and it for it to overlap over everyone's you. story, it's nuts. Mm. It's nuts.
2: I can't believe a game like this. It, it, it's it's ambitious as hell. I've just got the biggest smile on my face. I
1: I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with. my gush, it's hard not to gush about a game like this. All right, so you didn't like the combat, right? I I actually prefer the combat. I never liked the combat in the old Yakuza games.
2: It's funny you say this because I've been having more thoughts about the combat, and I still—it's not that I don't like the combat. I do like it when, like, there's a lot of different situations in the game where maybe you'll have like a singular boss, and and the boss is really, you know, HP heavy, uh, and you have to be a little more strategic about it. And then there are other times when the game just throws like six enemies of two levels higher than you, and basically they don't deal any damage to you, but they're they're you know they're damage sponges and they take a lot. A lot of, of hits to get down, and thankfully there's been a patch for the game recently where it shows the weakness status of the enemy. So if you, oh uh, nice, yeah, so if you've already fought the enemy before and used a move that they're weak against, they'll show up and show that they're weak. Thankfully, that's a quality of life improvement because before you were just kind of trying a lot of things and seeing what would would
1: work. And there's like a Pokedex. There's a Pokedex for a lot. Of yeah, the, the
2: sujimon Dex. The Sujimon Dex. <laughs> the, su- <laughs> and, the voice um,
1: acting for the English. Is spot on
2: nice but i will admit just with the battles uh, cuz this is my only update for me personally i think everything else you're saying is like exactly what i'm feeling as well is i feel like the game does throw too many fights at you like it's got to the point where You'll, you'll go through a really long section of the game where you, there are these, like, dungeons or the, these, like, long string sections where you cannot save, and it's basically, like, a Persona dungeon is the only thing I can really kind of yes. compare it to. Yes. There is just... It's, like, three hours of battles. Like, it's just nonstop, like, walking through corridors and fighting, and then, like, I just finished a place... Like, I just finished Chapter 7. I'm, like, 30 hours into the game, and... Obviously this story revelation moment at at chapter 7 about number blew me away because the game just doesn't
1: it doesn't stop
2: doesn't stop like giving you stuff and surprising you about things you've never even thought about and just keeps building on building but it was slightly spoiled by the fact that I did a boss fight and then I had to immediately have six fights after that mm. where it just to get out of the level and it didn't heal and me save, and it didn't yeah. it didn't save and it didn't do anything and that, that kind of stuff is like a bit grading sometimes, and is my uh, and is my only, my only only complaint really. Everything else, the characters, the story pacing, which Yakuza games sometimes struggles with, mm. and the amount of times it throws sub stories at you, which is minimal compared to other Yakuza games, um, is like dead on, dead on.
1: Yeah, it's 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 like only during like. Like you know, like uh, they change the music when things are getting a little spicy in the, in the overworld. They never really stop yeah. you during there. Uh, when you when
2: I got out, like there's a bit where you get out of some sewers. It's not much of a spoiler. You get out some sewers, yeah. and then some some big shit happens. And then all of a sudden, the music changes on the overworld, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, things are going down. Things are going down. I and I think it goes back to the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to see more of what happens with the characters. Like, Ichiban is just, he's just the best.
1: Yeah, he's, he's pretty fucking good, man.
2: He's just the best.
1: It's interesting how they handle him. Mm. You know, especially, like, later on, you know? Because he's not, he's not supposed to be, like, this perfect guy. But, like, they give him room to, like, be normal as well. You know, other than just being, like, the hero of the story, which is quite interesting. Yeah.
2: It is a little weird that sometimes it hits really hard into the, oh, he's just come out of jail and he's stupid. Like, but then other times he just seems to know everything about everything. (laughs) And you're like, damn.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's learning
2: a lot while he's moving around. And you're like, "Mm." hmm. But now he can't even use a computer. (laughs) Like, I enjoy it sometimes. I mean, he still,
1: he never can. But, like, when it comes down to, like, just, like, straight up just, like, believing in yourself and yeah, all of a sudden knowledge. he has a Naruto monologue just, like, ready to go. And people are, like, standing by him. It, it, and, I mean, some of the greatest, yeah. greatest moments sometimes, man. Greatest I, moments. I, I, and the mo- most mushiest anime, <laughs> anime bullshit friendship Power shit is like going down. I was just like, I <laughs> it is like straight up love this friendship. shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love this shit. Like it's just so, it's so good. It's so good, man. It's like I got, we got you. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Fuck and, yeah. It, and
2: it is weird because he definitely is like that. Like cliche as it is, in this game it works because what he wants to be is Yusha. From Dragon Quest. He mm-hmm. wants to be Yusho from Dragoi. Like, he wants to be the hero, even though he knows he's Yakuza, right? But in his mind, he's the hero of his world, and like, he's an honorable Yakuza. He knows he has to beat people up to get shit done, but like, he doesn't like killing people and stuff like that or anything like that. But he knows what needs to be done. And the whole like Japanese hero aesthetic is like embodied into Kasuga because. He just, like, he's just so believable. Like, you'll watch something and it'll be like, hey, guys, we got to do this together, and, like, we have to do this. But then you're like, eh, hey, yeah, sure, he's just a cliche hero. But then when Ichiban says it, and, like, you're, like, Adachi and, like, Number, and everybody's, like, "Hmm." Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, fuck. Okay, yeah, we'll do this. And you're like, yeah, go itchy. You can fucking do anything, mate.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's, and then it's like, oh, here he goes. Here he goes again. Yeah, I'll totally take on your whole business. <laughs>
0: he's it's just such like, an, calm your fucking such an ass idiot. down.
1: Yeah, it was like, it's like, like you know one could just take over someone's business. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, George. You're just sitting there listening to us like gush about. Some some idiot from, from, from jail taking over the world. <laughs> nah, it's fun. <laughs> it's 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 a good game, guys. It's a good game. You should definitely give it a try if if you're not into Yakuza, maybe maybe wait for a nice sale. It's probably gonna be next year though.
2: It's definitely becoming fast my my Yo, my favorite game this year.
1: is like an unhealthy, an unhealthy crush. Let me tell you man. You
2: you have definitely developed an unhealthy crush. You like he's have he's been going on about it. Yeah, man. I like the Korean guy with the white hair um who first appears. I don't appears like that guy. He's like the only guy mask. I don't
1: like. He's literally the only guy I don't like. But but <laughs> you you you've you're not you're not in in yet. There's a few things. It's not it's, it's not spoilers or anything, but like it's just like who he is as a person. It's just like man you're too quiet and cool. I don't like you.
2: <laughs> mm, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I I want I want to see how you feel like like when you're when you're a few more chapters in. There's a lot of chapters.
2: Okay. Yeah, you're going to yeah, you're going to be what, a thick 15? boy in there. Right? 15? Somewhere, somewhere around there, yeah. I I mean chapter 5 is a fucking thick boy. The sewer, yeah. like all of that. Some of them, yeah. I mean the chapters are at least like 3 to 4 hours each and then Some of them just go on and on and on. And then if you're doing stuff on top of it, you are, you know, typically, you know, padding out that time anyway. Man, man. good fucking game.
1: It's a good game.
0: I I appreciate the use of thick boy as a unit for measurement,
2: though. There's a couple of thick boys in, uh, yeah, who's a like a dragon.
0: Very uh, vivid way of putting it. Eric Andre body. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. the blanable the blanable uh <laughs> thickness yeah, yeah good shit <laughs> who's your favorite character then for me Zhao is definitely my favorite i know it's i know it's zhao but like who in the main party
1: you haven't met met that person yet
2: <gasps> <gasps> fuck really oh There's my more. god okay okay more, god yeah. damn
1: shit i I'm i I'm i i didn't want to spoil it for you so like,
2: Games yeah. are too long when 30 hours in you say something like that and I'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah. man, I'm pathetic. I am pathetic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like fucking fucking chapter seven is thirty hours. In. Like that's that's the game right there. That's mm. the fucking game.
2: And chapter seven is halfway through. I think there's fifteen chapters in total. So I'm literally halfway through. The last
1: one literally just says final. Final. <laughs> it doesn't even call it a chapter. So <laughs> final.
2: <laughs> Thank Christ, because I'd cry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, damn, this is the game keeps going.
2: So I did want to ask, because mm. one of the criticisms that a lot of the reviews about this game came out, and obviously I've just talked about it, that there is a lot of battles. Towards the end, they say it gets worse, and there are just battles and battles and battles and battles. Is that true? Like, does that happen? Or is it still same, pretty similar to the rest of the game?
1: For me, it didn't change too much mm. in terms of, like, the difficulty because I grinded up like some good weapons. That's the thing. Okay. Like when you reach to the top of like the business, you get like three mil each time you, you like, you finish like a shareholders meeting. And like, and then you can grind other like materials from other like the dungeon or like just a battle arena and stuff like that. And I grinded up and leveled up a lot of the the weapons and stuff like that and it, you you quickly find like your team and like certain moves that you could kind of just work out you know i usually start with like a like a an area effect move that hits everyone i stock up on mp um yeah MP and he is real like, tough in this game yeah. like
2: so that's that's another thing i wanted to ask which is did you experiment with the different jobs often Because I've changed jobs once and I found it hard now to change back to old jobs because the you know, then I have to grind them up again and I wish they did just carry on. They're
1: easy to grind up because of the higher level that you you reach. Mm. So like there's a point where you're like if your other job is like level fourteen, it will quickly go up to like a level ten from level one, like really quickly. Um and then it'll start to get a little grindy.
2: Yeah. But you don't unlock the skills like pretty quickly, right?
1: Yeah, like around I think around fourteen for each job. That's when you get like a lot of the spicy shit. 15, 15 Uh 15, 16. A lot of the spicy shit, like really, really cool stuff. Mm,
2: so what what jobs? What jobs did you uh, generally have? A lot of so the currently, main ones,
1: a lot of the mains were, were were really good. A lot of the main ones, okay. a lot of the exclusive jobs. Yeah.
2: Okay, so currently yeah. I have. Ichiban is the, uh, the... Hero. No, I changed him to the...
1: Uh... Oh. Breaker? The
2: bot? No, the bodyguard?
1: Oh, with the, with the katana.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bodyguard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the, with the katana. Then Adachi is like the, the breaker with the, with the police uniform and like the big shield. Yeah, um, yeah. He's pretty dope. Then obviously made magical girl out of sai and then I kept number as I've kept number so far as homeless as as he the homeless, homeless because his gross. But then I realized that Sachin's like health things are way better than his, so I kind of yeah. want to experiment with changing his job now, but I haven't yet. Yeah, Idol. Idol is pretty dope. I think it maybe Idol is the one that I have. Yeah, like the magical voice. Oh yeah, it is Idol, the one with the magical voice where yes. she heals your whole party's oh whole, oh, wow. whole health, whole health. And if you give her a weapon that builds yeah, MP she, from attacking enemies, she's so OP. It's crazy.
1: She dances, George, and and heals. This
0: game has a wonderful vocabulary to it for you guys to be saying the kinds of sentences that you guys have been saying over the past 5 minutes. Yeah. These are these are the kinds of sentences that that only a video game would ever cause someone to utter this like string of words. You you're talking about about changing your your jobs. To uh, to, to level up your idol voice, which heals your whole part, and it's it's the cutest. It has been the cutest thing listening into this.
1: You have to, you have to change it <laughs> at the unemployment office, George. Like, really? which is the best yeah. thing you have <laughs> to <laughs>
2: actually. And, and hello, work is actually a real place in Japan where you go to ch- to get jobs. Oh <laughs> no! It, it's so, so
0: it's good. like it's it's really simulating the experience. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> It's like, I'm really an unemployed Japanese man. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, you can do anything with video games these days. The, the fantasy the sci-fi thrills out there, are just, just the possibilities are endless. And you guys ended up in the unemployment office.
1: I, I really it usually is pretty don't care about like politics and stuff, but I mean, George, there's, there's enough there. There's enough. There's enough talk about it. Like, oh, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's what. That's that's what was intriguing me when you guys were talking about it. How, uh, how, how, how fun it is hating on Bleach Japan.
1: But it's done in a way that's just not like just overbearing and and like and complicated. It's just it's simple, just like straightforward, not dumbed down. Just kind of like complex in a way of just understanding, not necessarily in. In like the way they describe it, which is great, which is great. When once they go back and like back in the days in 1968, there was this man and but it's like oh, okay, all right, now you're losing me. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> 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 I need to go to sleep. Yeah, it's like none none of that. But like yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 dope. It's dope. I like it. It's dope. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Exit is is great. Great game. One of my favorites of this year, hands down.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, Even even only seven chapters in, 30 hours in. (laughs) It's definitely, I just love the character so much. And like, it throws everything I've ever said about storytelling in a game. And I I think I'm biased. Obviously, there's a lot so Japanese about it. But, and it's not a video game story. It's literally like watching a Japanese drama. Like, it's a Japanese TV drama that you just play in between the episodes. Like, it is spoken like a Japanese drama. It's played and paced like a Japanese drama. Like, anybody who's played Yakuza probably understands already what I'm talking about. It's not, like, the most heavy-hitting story. You know, it's a typical, like, crime, embroidered, like, whatever, right? It's not going to win an Oscar. But the way they do it, like, that's what amazes me. They rely heavily on cutscenes to tell the story which is obviously, like, just watching a TV show, but it's so interesting, and every cutscene leads to something else and gives you so much, and you learn more about the characters, and you learn more about the story, and then it drops little nuggets in front of you about, like, the stuff that's upcoming, and, like, there's a big reveal, and it's so well-paced, and... (sighs) Yeah. It shows Mm -hmm. that you can do it, just that, you just need to stay away from video game stuff. <laughs> just make it. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know. Just make a TV show that has gameplay in the middle of it. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they do with Yakuza. And it, it seems to work. It's just a Japanese TV show that has gameplay in between it. And somehow Nagoshi pulls it off every time. Especially this time. Who's Nagoshi? He is the guy who made Super Monkey Ball who is also the guy who made Yakuza. Wait,
0: <laughs> and if you look Super at pictures of him,
2: uh, Jack from, of all
0: trades.
2: Yeah. If you look at him from years ago <laughs> and you look at a picture of him now, that series has changed him, man. <laughs> I'm going to share an image with with you guys on Discord. And then you, you can see how, uh, he has fully embraced his yakuza lifestyle. Oh my god!
0: He that tan? <laughs> no. Wait, what
1: the f- what the hell?
0: It looks like he got thrown in the deep fryer. Wow! He's he's covered in spicy hot, flaming Cheetos. hot Cheeto dust.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's not so bad now, but he is fully embraced, and you you, you can sort of tell. Oh, okay. I don't want to. I don't oh, want to okay. suspect, but you can tell that guy's had some. Some plastic surgery done, but he's uh, supposedly a very nice guy. Even though obviously he—he uh,
1: he looked really good at zero. I don't know what happened. He looked really good at zero.
2: He looks a lot older. <laughs> what? Is-
1: <How? laughs> well, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: H- how how is this pose set up? For for the record, we're we're looking at him sitting on a golden throne. With, like, like two
2: beautiful models at, at his side. That is at TGS, I think, like, three years ago. I think that was the TGS booth, like, three years ago. And,
0: and <laughs> is this what booth babes are nowadays?
2: I mean, in, in the Tokyo Game Show, they never went away, so.
0: oh Oh, the tradition is still going strong over there. I
2: mean, it's quite well known that you know the yakuza booth and stuff tends to hire you know JAV stars who to help them out and to do voice acting and another day another dollar and uh, yeah you know they <laughs> gotta it, respect the hustle they definitely help out the uh, the certain CDA parts of the Japanese culture a little bit I wonder how much Nagoshi just you know hangs out with actual yakuza and like tries to find out what the fuck's happening. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be intrigued to see if he ever has or does. He probably does.
1: I mean, he has to get this stuff from somewhere,
2: right? I mean, yeah, you're going to get inspiration from somewhere. I mean, with Yakuza 7, there's not much, it's not so much that is embroiled in the actual, like, Japanese Yakuza so far like there is flavors but not as heavy as like prior games like ki- ki- like you know kiryu is like full on like i'm the tojo clan i'm i'm a full-on yakuza like this is the yakuza internal politics uh this is definitely a bit bigger in its scope of a story and like crime that comes from stuff that, out- that are outside of the yakuza but how the yakuza fits into all of that and uh You know, I think it's a bit bigger this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's definitely a bit more of a movie crime story than it it has been in in previous games. I
0: think that I uh, wouldn't be rustling too many feathers by making the claim that to this day, one of the best pieces of writing and reporting on video games ever, was an interview with um, two real-life supposed Yakuza members around the time when Yakuza 3 came out. And they had this exchange over Kiryu running an orphanage, where one of them says, I don't know any ex-Yakuza running orphanages. And then the other one says, there was one a few years ago, a good guy. You sure it wasn't just a tax shelter? Sure, it was a tax shelter, but he ran it like a legitimate thing, you know. (laughs) Like, we're just supposed to know,
2: and apparently Kiryu's orphanage was actually a a tax haven this whole time. Hey man, Yakuza 3 was my first game in the series and holds a (laughs) beloved place in my heart, and you spend half the game running that orphanage. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I love how cheesy, or I I loved how cheesy it was. Damn, that thing's ten years old. This was this article is from 2010 that I'm getting these quotes
1: from. Wow, good yeah. game.
0: Also, just game. like wow, you guys went on for thirty
1: minutes. I, I tried to stop. I tried to stop. I I'm, I'm staying quiet. I've stayed quiet. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm not going to talk anymore.
2: I want it all pour out of you. I've been waiting for this moment all week. I mean, I could talk about Yakuza more, man. I could, this is so much <laughs> to talk
1: about. Like It's a huge game, but I'm just going to stop. You know, George needs to talk about his games, too. You know what I'm saying? It's equal.
2: Maybe we can have, when I finish it, we can have a Yakuza spoil, a spoiler yeah, guest. We
1: yes. Like, yes.
0: I, I, I also do want to check it out. It does sound like like something I think I really enjoyed.
2: I think you would. I think there are times you'd have to grit your teeth, uh, just like you did with Persona, because there are times when it acts like Persona, like it, it.
1: All right, it's not the same though. No, it's, it's not. Not the same. Yeah, it
0: it it probably Persona
1: is. Whew, it's a different different beast. Let me tell you.
0: I I think Persona might have a much harder time hooking me than than something with with this kind of humor. And also I can like think back on oh I was I was there. I did this thing in yakuza games. I don't get that feeling out of Persona so much.
1: Oh shit, you know what? Persona was 80 hours. Oh, wow. never. Mind. I played 100 and, 109 hours of Persona 4 Golden. Well, uh That's 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 that's, a, that's that's a big chunk more. That's like that's a quarter more. But like it's around the same amount, but I did I don't feel it with yakuza you, like he you just it just keeps going that's that's all i can say i it, i would have to go into detail about the story to like really really explain that but yeah it just keeps going it keeps you interested you know carried on the stick i guess you can say
2: can i can i also just very quickly before we move on from yakuza say mm-hmm. how incredible the localization for this game is
1: yeah because this is the first english one right
2: Uh, Judgment was in English too, but yeah, in terms of Yakuza series, yeah, there's never been an English voice actor for Kazuma Kiryu, I believe. But, yeah, but I'm playing in Japanese, but in terms of, like, the things that they take from Japan and then localize into the English text, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Like, Poundmates (sighs) is the greatest translation ever in Japan, obviously. There are various forms of sex work in Japan that is legal and kind of illegal at the same time. One of them is called delivery health, which is called delivery health, which I think you can do your own Googling about what that would mean. You know, you call somebody up who comes and gives you some delivery health. No. I I feel like an image of Dr.
0: Steve Brule might come up.
2: In Yakuza, they call it delivery help, and it's people you call up to come fight for you, and they're at a menu. That's called pound mates. Fucking amazing,
0: amazing. Is there like like a pun involving the pound you press in
1: in in your phone? Yeah,
2: pounding like sex. You know, like "dilibiri helsu" me is to call somebody to come and have sex with you in Japan.
1: I for, I forgot you told me that a big black guy comes the first time. And yeah, a big I black know. Guy right, showed up on the roof, <laughs> and I was just like. Adachi was like,
0: "What? (laughs) Oh, because they pound your enemies.
2: They pound your enemies. Yeah, it's fucking. It's just there's so many things like that that are brilliant. And like, obviously in the story, Matt, you know, like Adachi thinks he's like getting a girl, and you know it's going to be free and stuff. And it turns out it's not. But it is spot on.
1: (laughs) Um, for for people who want to play English, go ahead, man, go wild." Oh wow, this is absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal! Oh my god, I I wanted, I wanted a certain type of scene. I love very high energy scenes, um, from anime, and I got that from this game. Anyway, I, I'm not gonna say I I. You remember? I, I remember you saying on Twitter, Liam, that what game has made you cry? This game made me tear up. This game made
2: me tear up. <sighs> Damn. Damn, 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 damn. Without
1: damn. spoiling anything, it made me tear up.
0: I did find a list of pound mates. I don't want to keep scrolling too far down though, because this has been delightful.
2: Yeah, I mean, the pound mates themselves are incredible.
1: Th- those look like some very fun pound mates. Well, watch some some dad and sons and daughters by by Yakuza and like, man, this game sucks. <laughs> 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 what the fuck is what the fuck man talking about? This game fucking sucks. <laughs>
2: I, I haven't seen
0: anyone arguing about this in the channels.
1: Yeah, I doubt I did this game. You know what you get into with a yakuza.
0: Yeah, game. I, th- I, th- I think yakuza is, is something everyone generally agrees on as a is a generally good
1: time. Yeah, unless they do like to just spam different styles and attack, attack, attack.
0: Unless you're playing the zombie one, I doubt anyone's gonna be ever going to get mad about a yakuza game. This this series just seems to exude the kind of positivity you don't see that often in the in the community,
1: which is a good thing. Mm. Yeah. So, what have you been playing before we talk about yakuza again?
0: I would be interested in uh talking over something that's going to be a little more divisive. Mortals. Uh not reviewing so well. Yeah. Turns out Immortals Phoenix Rising uh did not have a colon in the title. Wait, what? Which I was uh mistaken about when typing the name into my YouTube video. You're right. Holy shit. Someone on on Twitter described the name of that game as being akin to a mysterious S&P beast that causes <laughs> test subjects to forget the name of the product they had previously engaged with. And now I absolutely just cannot unimagine that every single time I think of this game's name in my head now. And all of a sudden it has become more forgetful than it has in the past. But yeah, I ended up really enjoying Immortals Phoenix Rising. I, uh, I remember when I first played the demo, my expectations were low, and I was quite surprised by the, the quality of the writing. I think the real star of that game's show is the overworld design. Because for how similar it, it looks and feels to Breath of the Wild, you kind of gotta squint a little bit hard and try to... Try to try to recognize what what is there that they did pull off with a certain degree of excellence. And what I absolutely think that is is this overworld and how like masterfully crafted a lot of the uh little mini puzzle pieces and um set piece challenge rooms are sculpted into the layout of the terrain itself. Um, Matt, I don't know if if it would be so much a Matt game, as I'm pretty darn sure this actually is quite a liam game and yeah. it feels to a certain mm. extent like a game developer's game in that you can tell that they uh, are trying to stretch as many as much utility as possible out of a fun core selection of of entities and building blocks and moving pieces that the engine is capable of um doing a lot of wacky things with. This game surprises me at every single turn, just like what what I'm sure delighted a lot of people with Breath of the Wild is like what new surprise the game developers will come up with there out of their pieces of scenery for for the next puzzle that you encounter. Like you'll uh walk through One of the vaults and have a fully functional pinball game at your disposal where the switches of the Zelda puzzle box will will activate levers that you slap a ball around to destroy destructible um, physics objects on the pinball course to get it into a hole to activate a certain switch. There's some puzzle rooms where they are... um, Playing with their physics engine to create flying machines that that have you zooming from one end of the stage to another, circumventing the the intended solution. It's easily the most playful time, I think you'd be soft as had putting a game together in years. A lot of the monotone misery that is associated with these projects is just not able to be found in this one. It was uh it seemed like they had a lot of fun putting it together. I had a lot of fun playing all the way through it and i'm I'm totally glad I did. I kind of kind of feel like I took a risk with this one, but I'm glad it panned out. And I'm starting I'm beginning, I think, to see a, a little mini controversy that I was expecting in terms of just how much of a of an imitation it is <laughs> to breath of the wild yeah. i was I was quite shocked by that in, on day one, but I gradually came to get used to it. and uh Lately, I also experimented with playing with the compass turned off, and that really, really passed it over the mark to make it... um feel almost like oh I'm playing Breath of the Wild 2 by a different name by a different studio with with a with a chunk of a less budget than Nintendo's in-house studio would have but if you play that game with the compass turned off and and you close your eyes and imagine it does feel like you're pretty close to there like it might as well be the potentially upcoming Breath of the Wild 2 that uh that everyone's waiting on, or or, or at least something to uh, definitely scratch that itch and and fill that gap and make that wait easier.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I, this might not be a like I thought it would be a game for me when I first saw it, and I was like, man, I want to play this game. But now that I'm looking at it, I don't know, like a bunch of puzzles and stuff.
0: Yeah, i I think I think the thing is 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 that for for someone looking for a game that's more immersive and polished in the sense of the world building it feels very artificial. Mm. Um and that's one of the things that I don't think I I liked so much about Breath of the Wild that I'm just kind of like tolerating and holding my nose for here is that when you are um looking out across this beautifully dense overworld and seeing how how many puzzle pieces are sculpted into the environment like they do stick out like a sore thumb every uh Every switch that one of those cleverly designed pinball courses will activate will look like the same switch for the whole game from beginning to end. The uniformity of a lot of these
1: moving pieces is—you're you're totally climbing up towers to scout. Like that's—that's that's still a thing. So, uh, not so much
0: here. Uh, okay. Breath of the Wild had one big tower per regional chunk of the map, and I want to say there were like eight of those regions in this game there's four Mm. so technically speaking like like in terms of climbing up the tower then pressing the use button at the top you're only gonna do that a handful of times in this game that there's a lot of verticality involved with the exploration itself that i think is fine and fun and no one's gonna complain about where it's all player driven you're not following icons you're doing it to get better visibility on on a uh way to a waypoint that you set yourself I, I do think that it really does nail that Breath of the Wild feeling of carving out your own path on the way to your own little mini-adventure that has an objective you put in your own head instead of the game throwing the icon at you. And that's where I easily had my most fun with the game, mm. more so than the main quest was was combing the map over for some of these objectives with um, the compass turned off, made it an absolute delight to play. Totally recommend it as a sales game to, to pick up later on, definitely for Liam too.
2: Hmm, interesting. Um, I mean, I watched you play for a little bit, and it looks interesting. It looks like, a, it basically looks like the type of Assassin's Creed game I'd personally like. I just, I definitely just, I'm at the point where I do not gel with Assassin's Creed games. Like, I played Valhalla for like three hours, yeah. and I just, I was it's so good, bored.
0: Yeah. yeah. You just might want to be a little wary with that comparison
2: here because it is a lot
0: more like Zelda than it is Assassin's Creed. That's really the point of reference.
2: Well, that's the thing is also another, I I think I saw on Twitter today was a video that somebody made, which basically compared, it was three minutes long and it compares like the different parts of Breath of the Wild and it is uncanny to say the least. Like, animation frames and animation is exactly the same. There is no doubt that they would just, like, looked at Breath of the Wild and they were like, yep, we're gonna do this, but we're gonna make it Greek.
1: I don't know why people are copying Breath of the Wild. Is that bad to say? Like, I just don't, I don't understand why, like, it's not like Breath of the Wild was, like, this revolutionary game, because it, in my opinion, it wasn't. I don't understand why people are, like, I don't get it. Uh, money, yeah.
2: Uh, no, I, I like from an open world perspective, Breath of the Wild was revolutionary in terms of like we had literally years of Assassin's Creed and like open world games that were nothing but like UI and mini maps and like and and like icons on a map that you just went to and did stuff. There was no like organic expression of like. Exploring a world, and, like, you were able to climb everything, so you could you could ignore the rules, and you could just try to get to every nook and cranny on the map without being either hitting an invisible wall. That's
1: been done before, has it not? I feel like it's been done before.
2: I mean, in small...
0: That was Assassin's Creed's big revelation in 2007 yeah. was climbing all over everything but
2: it wasn't though it was so full of icons and like the map was i i disagree with that i think assassin's creed was a cool stealth game that got featured in an open world but its open world itself wasn't anything to write home about whereas I would argue that everything about Zelda that was in Breath of the Wild was the worst parts of it. The shrines kind of sucked. The, you know, the big, uh, whatever they're called, the big animal spirit things, I forget what they're called. The divine beasts. Yeah, the divine beasts, sorry. Those are the temples, they suck. But everything that is new to the Zelda series that Breath of the Wild brought in, like the organic nature of exploring and and the way that game is designed map-wise, was what made it revolutionary. And that's why we're seeing games like this and Genshin Impact that steal those things, because the traversal nature of it in terms of, like, the opening your uh, wind sail in in Breath of the Wild and, and floating around from high points and using the stamina to climb stuff really was quite, like, Nobody had really done that before or played it, It maybe in small sections here and there, but it wasn't like the cohesive piece it was in Breath of the Wild. But now, obviously, we're seeing games off the back of that that are open world games be like, ah, shit, we can't just make like an Assassin's Creed style open world. We need to make a Breath of the Wild style open world, because that's obviously what's gelling with people more.
1: So Assassin's Creed, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, uh just like Just Cause had you swing in like Spider-Man. And, and just it, cause mixed in there.
0: Like just just it's Breath of the Wild was an amalgamation of a lot of, lot of stuff, yeah. A lot of things.
2: See, uh, this is where I disagree because I like I, I think with those games, like if you're thinking about Spider-Man or something, you can swing around the whole of New York, but when you get to the ground level, there's, there's nothing right. It's just people walking by. It feels like you need to be. It's almost like the the. I was playing Forza, and when you stop to look at the environment, you notice all of the repeated textures, all of the repeated stores, because right. you're driving really fast throughout that game all the time. So there's there's no need to spend that time to detail those areas. Yeah. Same with Spider-Man. Same with Just Cause. Like Just Cause is a separate thing. I think that game itself did a lot of especially unique things that was like on par with like Red Faction Guerrilla and the kind of awesome stuff they were doing in terms of destruction. But, like, Shadow of the Classes, right? It's still, like, very linearly mm. sectioned off where you go because that's where you're t- supposed to go. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I'm not saying that it's like, like that in that way, but it's like an open, empty world. Because, like, and not to talk about, we we're spending too long on the old-ass game, but, like, it's just Zelda, like, it was just an open world with little stuff to do. Like that's basically what it was. Like, that's, that's it. Like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing to it than, than that. And I don't, I just don't feel like that's, uh, that's I just, I... revolutionary at all. Like at all. Like it was cool and it was different from everything else. Like no one did all that in one, but I wouldn't say it's like, it's just a weird thing to, to copy.
2: I, I don't know. There was something about it where it wasn't gated there's no levels. There's no I mean it's Nintendo, right? They they do stuff a little bit proper,
1: right? They're supposed to. They're, Maybe. they're supposed to be it's supposed to be like a Zelda game it's supposed to have this polish and stuff. That's, I feel like it's mm. it's more it's more Zelda than it is like more like oh this is a revolutionary game. It's more like oh wow, this is like nice like Good looking art style and yeah, and the grass looks great. Like you know, it's just it's that that feel, that game feel that you get from them doing something like this. Then it
2: is, and I think that's a big thing, right? You add that to everything,
1: right? Right? Right?
2: Right? As cheesy it is, Breath of the Wild does feel like you're kind of in nature. I don't think it feels like a video game world, personally, and I think Mm. that's part of the revolutionary part of it. When mm. I look at Phoenix Immortals, I'm looking at a fucking video game world, right? Like, that's what I'm looking at. Like George says, it's like a very densely cluttered... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see the different areas. Like, nowhere in the entire world looks like that, right?
0: Mm. I like that so much better than the big empty deadness.
2: Yeah. But, then, but then it doesn't feel like you're discovering anything. So when you do discover something in Breath of the Wild, I always felt like that was really exciting, personally. Mm. Whereas in Phoenix Immortals Rising, I know I'm going to walk 10 feet and there will be something. It's my problem with Assassin's Creed. It's like it is a video game. And this is why I think uh, what's smart about Assassin's Creed is they set it up that it's the animus and it's like uh, you're going back in time. It's kind of like a video game, blah, 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 right? Because it is. It's a video game. It's designed to be like a theme park for you to walk around and kill people and get a quest and then, you know, carry on your adventure that's fine. But with Breath of the Wild, it wasn't like that at all. And you had to find those things for yourself. And when you found or discovered things um, and nobody told you about it or and there was no markers on the map, it felt like you were discovering things. And Shadow of the Colossus, like Matt said, is another great example of this. You were finding things out organically. That was what was quite revolutionary about it. I think you take the kind of gameplay style of Shadow of the Colossus and then you open it up into a big world, like Breath of the Wild's Hyrule, Mm. you're going on an adventure where, yes, there is a lot of empty space. I I don't disagree with that. But when you find things and and you choose a point, like you choose a high point and you're like, I wonder what's up there. There there must be something up there. And you spend like 20 to 30 minutes trying to get on top of it, trying to scale it and climb the world and basically bend to your will. And then you find there's like an old dude up there (laughs) There's like an old dude up there who, you know, is like lost or something like that. And you send him on his way and you help him out and you're like, God damn, that felt so good. That was why Breath of the Wild, I think, was so special. And I I can see a lot of what the uh, Immortals is trying to do in terms of just like the pure mechanics of Breath of the Wild, the climbing, the flying the the world itself but like the, the, the the genesis <sighs> like the dna is 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 lost for <laughs> george
0: dude you're killing me here cuz <laughs> cuz you haven't played this It's absolutely organic in every possible way to describe the word, it's the same loop, it's the same process, you go up to a high spot, you see a bunch of cute shaped terrain, some of them look more interesting than others, you look at it in a first person mode that they call Farsight, and you put (laughs) a pin down there, feel around, some icons show up, and that is how Breath of the Wild... Hmm teases you into going on your mini adventure in the distance as well and and here it just happens faster every every one of the uh little puzzle or combat arenas that'll be built into the environment will be built in denser so once you're done you're like already looking at the next thing that's keeping your interest on the side. There's no downtime to it. There was so much downtime in Breath of the Wild where I was just holding down that sprint button and holding forward forever. In Phoenix like you gotta pay attention to the terrain more. It's a lot more rugged and that makes traversal both more interesting and faster. There's more stuff going on on a second per second basis and the overworld design harkens closer to the older 2d zeldas than it does the 3d
1: ones and no weapon durability as well There's no weapon durability. Yeah. But that's one of the things that I actually didn't. I'm,
0: I'm, I, 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 (laughs) of all, of all the criticisms I had for Breath of the Wild, that's not one of them. My, my big thing was that Breath of the Wild was lacking in, in side quests that made the world feel alive and that the world felt way too big and spread out to also feel alive. Which
2: amazes me. And I, I don't know if that's just like a gamer thing because like that is like instant gratification. I just don't need. I get bugged down. By that, like I really wish games would either make meaningful side quests or just get rid of them. Like just fucking throw them away because I don't care. Where I play a game like The Witcher Three, where it makes me care about the side quests, it makes me care about those because it gives me like a like an origins point about it. Like the guy whose daughter was stolen by like a cave troll or whatever. That I'm fine with. You make me feel like I'm not deviating from my main quest. You make me feel a part of the world that I'm helping or I'm gaining something. Side quests for side quest steak, like collecting things or just talking to people, just fuck off. You're bogging yeah. me down, and I just want to finish the game in most places and enjoy what I'm here to do, which is the story you've set up and the world you've set up and all of these things. I don't give a fucking shit about side quests. I really like, I cannot stress it enough, and it's one of the things I do like about Yakuza 7, which is the sub-stories are so minimal, but they are they're good.
1: Re- they're really small But they're now.
2: minimal. Yeah. They're like 50% less of other Yakuza games, and it doesn't stop me <laughs> from enjoying the main game, which is the reason I'm here. If you're not going to like give me, I I don't want to be pushing block puzzles around or or like holding balls up and like dropping them in holes just so I can get like a chest with a new piece of armor. I, I just don't. I want to like experience a world and like try interesting mechanics and then experiment with those mechanics. But then it's progressing me towards my goal, which is to finish the game. Like that's how I feel. And maybe Breath of the Wild is just a very good example of that because that's what that game did. And this is why games like Assassin's Creed and uh, those games never get finished by the majority of players because they're too long. They have too much content. I mean, let's go. We can go into the fact that, you know, (laughs) this is drawing into the cyberpunk thing, right? Cyberpunk, they're they're saying, oh, wow, look, you know, it takes 180 hours to finish everything in the game. How much of that 180 hours... Am I even going to care about how much of that and how much if you take a sliding scale right of like quests that are good and quests that are bad how many of those side quests fit around that bad because they're just making content for content's sake right and that's my problem with these big open world games and why something like not necessarily Immortal Phoenix Rising because I actually do like the look of it but I do feel like it's missing the Discovery and exploration from what I can see of gameplay so far. I obviously haven't played it. You're right. I just wish we could stop focusing on like content instead of quality. There is a reason why these games have such high non completion rates. Like, you haven't even finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey and you spent like seven weeks playing it and you didn't finish it. Yes, you enjoyed your time, which is great and that's all that matters, but you never finished it. And I feel like if, the, like, A lot of the subquests hadn't been there or the the additional stuff. More people would finish that kind of stuff. And obviously, all of the production goes into main story campaign stuff. So most people don't experience what is the high quality part of the content. I don't think that's a particularly good trend. And that's maybe why a lot of people played Breath of the Wild and finished it. Like, I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I don't know about Immortals Phoenix Rising from uh, some of the things I can gather from you playing and also other reviews is that there's a lot of like additional puzzle stuff that is very simplistic. Like you're just pushing blocks around, you know, you're pushing some balls, you're firing some arrows, but it is repetitive content that just gets you additional loot or upgrades. But it's not like driving the narrative or not even the narrative, just the driving force to get you from point A to point Z, which is the end of the game, right? (laughs)
0: what the fuck dude oh my god okay listen it's a fucking fun video game that's great that feels good in your hands when you're completing this optional stuff that's a distraction on the way to the main quest they're not expecting you to clear out the map 100% that's not how you're supposed to play these things anyway
2: what do you want what did I do to you? I, I just want. I I I just feel like this is the reason why people don't finish games, and it's like it's so. And this isn't about defending Breath of the Wild. That's such
0: a different topic than any of the angles I was coming at this from.
1: Basically, you thought about Xenoblade Chronicles. because no, t- yeah, exactly right. Like-
2: we're talking. We're talking about what the original. It's a circle back, right? <laughs> The original hold, topic hold, hold was on, just hold, about. Let me
0: get a word in, actually, about the game I played the all oh, the way through for
2: once, and and that is that that the big thing that uh, that what you just said is the most promising thing you've said so far. Because my whole point is that oh, it's
0: faster than Breath of the Wild. It's denser than Breath. Of the, it doesn't waste your time as much as Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that was the whole point. It's like the exact opposite of the whole <laughs> big rant you were going down. Is why I like this game!
1: (laughs) I'm just sitting back and watching.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about side quests, though, and it's like, immediately, I don't want to play it, if that's a large portion of the game. The fact that you finished it, and the fact that it's fun, immediately already puts it above Assassin's Creed, and other games of the ilk, for me personally. I think, you know, in terms of what we were talking about, how this sparked the topic of the revolutionary nature of Breath of the Wild or whatever, part of that was because there wasn't any of that. And because you were discovering things organically. I hope something like a Models Phoenix Rising does that. A streamlined experience sounds pretty decent. uh, But if you're just bopping between objective, Side objective to side objective. I don't know
0: no you're not just bopping from side objective to side objective you can if you want but How many people do you think honestly finished breath of the wild anyway? I I don't think that that the basis of comparison you're making here is actually what This game is about because it's also a more story driven thing where, where I mean
2: you've got to understand that we're talking about the company that literally drives home my point the people who make Far Cry, the people who make Assassin's Creed, those games, hundreds of thousands of millions of players, right? But they're always the same. Their maps are made the same, the structure of those games is the same. It is a formulaic experience. And then it's why a model seems refreshing, but I'm still so tentative about. An Ubisoft open world.
0: You're gonna get the same experience that you got out of other Ubisoft open world games. If you're gonna try to look at this stuff from from maybe a bit more distance, then that's not that different of an experience than you're getting out of Breath of the Wild in comparison. This is a game inspired by Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild's inspired by Ubisoft open-world action games. Ubisoft open-world action games are, to a certain extent, inspired by old Zelda games. It's all an Ouroboros of decaying creativity, and nothing matters, and we're all gonna die eventually. Maybe we should move on to the news at this point.
2: I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. That was the most interesting take, considering it's Greece, but it's Ubisoft. Your greek aboo
0: and and I was also one of the few people who were like more critical on Breath of the Wild, and I was also delighted to see how they were addressing a lot of those criticisms that that were leveled at it. I, I'm not that weird. I, I, I don't think it was that uncommon of a complaint that Breath of the Wild's story and narrative design were were kind of lacking. Oh, they were and shocking. That there was a lot of empty space in that overworld and this is designed to address those those issues
2: i mean that's yeah breath of the wild there is nothing anybody can ever say about the story it's garbage it, it doesn't exist it's a fleeting ether
0: the structure of this game Openly acknowledges the weaknesses that exist out of out of one of everyone's favorite games of 2017. I think that if you are to try to judge this game by its own merits, it there's no way it's objectively bad. Like it's it's vanilla, it's it's super derivative and copycatty. But there's there's no way this thing's objectively bad. Vanilla is not objectively bad. It's just
2: it's just vanilla. Well, the the reviews seem to say that. Is it is exactly what you're saying. A lot of people like it, right? Like, IGN gave it, like, an 8, right?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a totally fine 8.
2: Not your game of the year?
0: No, I still think I had the most childlike wonderment with Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, the highs that I was getting there were just... just still higher than, than being, like, pleasantly surprised at a uh, pretty darn good Zelda clone. Squadrons was... Was of a game and genre that you don't get as as frequently as that. Mm. A, a genre you don't get as many doses of as regularly over the years as as Zelda type experiences.
2: I mean, with Genshin Impact and Immortals, it is kind of interesting to see like that three year to four year dev cycle where things that were a couple of years ago now coming like, oh, okay, so th- this is what we're in for. And it happens, you know, with Dark Souls where it took maybe. Two or three years after Dark Souls came out where everyone would start making Souls likes, and you're like, Oh, okay. It makes me
0: wonder how much was changed with Assassin's Creed Odyssey as they went through. Because there were some bits of Odyssey that felt definitely Breath of the Wild inspired. Um, like one series of side objectives were like riddles that you uh that you follow that uh definitely remind me of some some shrine unlocking riddles from Breath of the Wild. Hmm anyways
2: oh sorry just one last thing about immortals i wanted to ask actually which was how are they like how did you like the character art? Oh, like the world looks really pretty but the character art, oh, i'm struggling a little mm, bit as well to get over they too. look like facebook mobile game mm. characters it's
0: it's it's a little DreamWorks-y. The big problem I have with the characters is that they uh, don't have very expressive animations for many shots of the cutscenes. The vibe of the cutscenes is way too close to a serious Assassin's Creed game for how cartoony and expressive they look like they're designed to be. But a lot of um, cutscenes will be stiff, arm-wavy, characters looking at each other and talking at each other fairly monotonely before the camera cuts back to the other person who will deliver a fairly similar performance right back at you again Mm. Uh, they they have cute moments of, of some expressive animation but there is clearly clearly a budget on them it's it's one of those games where where people look awkward when they when they talk at each other instead of natural and uh motion-captured and elegant and efficient with the writing. Like like you would get out of a, a AAA first-party console-exclusive kind of experience when, whenever they need to cut to cutscene.
2: It's not Uncanny Valley, but it's like, ew.
0: <laughs> kind of getting the vibe that some characters have a face that is too big for their head.
2: They have, you know, what are they called? Those, like, really creepy-looking dolls. Like porcelain dolls. Mm. That you'd find like in an old lady's house. They look a little like that. Maybe that's why they're so off-putting. Definitely a little creepy.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I can see. I can see that they do kind of look like they want to eat the camera.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting.
1: Read it in for mature. There are two ways to wealth and power: either you're born with it, or you take it.
0: This world is ours for the taking. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Get 60 minutes of additional gameplay only on PlayStation. Did you have on your bingo 2020 card (laughs) of all the crazy apocalyptic events that would happen this year, a potentially, probably ethically valid reason to boycott SNK because it's now being sponsored and invested in by a murderous, authoritarian, theocratic regime in in a country with a long history of human rights abuses.
2: I mean, considering F1 is scheduled itself to be in Saudi Arabia next year, and WWE also did their own event in uh, Saudi Arabia last year, it seems Uh... like people working with the Saudi Arabian government doesn't seem to be like a thing that's going to stop anytime soon. Oh, I hate this so much. The surprising thing about this story is the fact that the uh, the guy wants to buy SNK. <laughs> like, why SNK? <laughs>
0: so the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, a man named... Muhammad bin Mohammed bin Salman has uh, arranged to purchase a 51% stake in S&K, which will make him the majority shareholder. Previously, it was majority funded by some Chinese companies that, um... We're seeing a lot of value in, in pushing the characters off to to mobile games and, and previously in some Pachinko efforts. There's
2: a lot of SNK mobile games now, yeah.
0: yeah, this is this is a guy whose name I recognize because of a news story from 2008 in which he ordered the killing of a journalist who is critical of his regime. and that ultimately means that whatever money he makes is making the world less safe for journalists. And that's not a cause anyone should be willingly, knowingly supporting. So how, how are we going to separate the art from the investors here? We, we've talked before about separating art from artists, but this almost feels more serious and more dire, like the stakes are higher with, with this problem here.
2: It begs the question, though, with stuff like Tencent and the Chinese government, though, is that also a similar situation?
0: I want to say there's more distance between the Chinese government and Tencent than there is between
2: the actual
0: <laughs> the Crown Prince's charitable foundation buying a video game company as as an investment instead of a charitable donation. I'm I'm assuming that the big man here is making money when SNK makes money, so. Gross. Am I going to have to boycott King of Fighters 15 now because of this? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't want to get chopped up in an embassy if I start making more serious journalism stories later on when I'm in my fifties. You know. Hey,
2: if you give if you give the latest SNK game a bad review, you never know what will happen. That's one way to raise your meta- Metacritic score. God, this is so bad. This is
0: I. Uh man, playing video games just kind of just kind of feels dirty in 2020 to so many levels. Like on on one hand, you don't want to support developers who who crunch their employees and sexually harass their employees. On the other hand, you don't want to support developers who uh chop up and murder journalists.
2: Well, I think SNK are not going to be doing that. I mean, SNK is still going to be a Japanese studio.
0: (laughs) SNK's investors. You don't want to be supporting game developers who are supported by people who might use your money to chop someone up and, and, and throw them in the trash bags in the dumpster outside if they say something mean about their government. Let us know in the comments, are you going to be boycotting SNK because it's (laughs) being funded by Saudi Arabia now? Uh,
1: Cancel the world. Cancel everything. Everything is cancelled.
0: Considering how easy it is to avoid SNK games nowadays anyway, I don't know if it would be particularly hard to, but uh... That was a low blow.
2: I mean, what? Yeah, what SNK games? There is a King of Fighters 15 on the way.
0: Which is funny because it feels like yesterday when 14 came out, and I don't remember that making as big a splash as they might would have liked either. It's because
2: everybody hated the 3D art. Yeah, it looked like
0: uh, weird DeviantArt poser stuff after a long history of making beautiful, (laughs) professional, top-notch stuff.
2: Yeah, top-notch pixel art, yeah.
0: In better news, um, a company's done something that makes them far easier to support. Uh, Square Enix has made work from home permanent in in Japan, which is funny because I read through the full press release and saw a lot of places that look like might be asterisks here to account for uh, the work culture. The company is going to be designated designating each employees as home-based, which means working an average of at least three days per week from home, or office-based, working an average of at least three days per week from the office. In general, all employees and uh, executive officers are going to be designated as home-based, but division heads will designate some positions or individual employees as office-based, as dictated by the nature of the work involved.
2: I think this is great. Yeah. Personally, For the Japanese progress, in terms of, like, one of the things that is tough is balance, right? But imagine all of a sudden you start working home three days a week, even when COVID is not here. How much that must revolutionize, especially considering Square Enix is in Tokyo and you're traveling or you're commuting on the Yamanote or whatever local trains every week.
0: It seems surprising that this starts in Japan, of all places.
2: I mean, we've seen Bungie and we've seen, um, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Is it Microsoft or Apple? Mm, Told their employees don't have to come. Twitter. It was Twitter, sorry. Yeah, you know, employees can just stay working. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But in terms of like a big Japanese corporate company going uh, and doing it, uh, it's pretty amazing. And I would expect that in time, more Japanese companies will start to do this. I don't know about video game companies because that's still a tough one with in terms of being creative and everybody uh, having to work together and have meetings and all that kind of stuff. But it should be adopted more often. I think just in general, the fact that even if it's two days a week, especially in Japan, people miss out on seeing their kids grow up and they miss out on th- so many things. I think it's a really good idea for a Japanese company to be like, Hey, just stay home for two days a week and, you know, work, do your it and work at home, but also have a life uh, where you're not spending three hours commuting every day, which, as we all know, is completely soul sucking and sucks. So that would be that would be nice.
0: Based on what you've experienced over there, do, would you expect other companies to be following up from this and, and following suit with their own
2: Expecting? Work from no, because it's Japan. Um, but I hope it kickstarts it. Uh, you know, as weird as it sounds, the traditional video game companies here, Nintendo, Capcom, Square Enix, uh, you know, they're big traditional Japanese companies. And when they do stuff other big traditional Japanese companies also do it. It's not like in the West where, you know, a video game company can revolutionize the American business way, right? But in Japan, it can happen. If Capcom, Capcom's, like, if, if anybody doesn't know, like, one of the tallest buildings in all of Osaka is the Capcom Tower, right? Like, these are famously important, big traditional companies in Japan. And when they do stuff, it's big news. Yeah,
0: and and Square Enix is like more than video games over there. Like they're in, yeah. they have their fingers in a lot more pies than they do in the West.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, hopefully it does. I mean, it'd be great if Capcom did it as well. But only time will tell. You know, the longer COVID goes on, the, and and how the vaccine situation is sort of working out, it could mean that it's the right, just the right thing to do for now. Um, weather screenings in like a year's time when we're talking about it again, they're just like, eat it, <laughs> and it didn't work. I mean, that can still happen, right? I imagine they reserve the right to change it again if it didn't work.
0: Matt has, uh, totally Matt conked did die. out. Matt's, Matt's just, just-
2: Matt's working from home. We allowed, we allowed him-
0: Snaking his way to, to bed back there. Um, he's, he's telling us his internet is out, but I think- whether or not that's uh that's 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 the truth is more questionable than than the reality we're gonna we're gonna move on to questions and wrap ourselves up out of here (laughs) what a (laughs) what a way to go
2: what an episode it's been so far all right
0: uh liam where can they send send questions to
2: you can send questions to dan's podcast at gmail.com you know that's the finest place to send questions if you are not a Dead and sons patreon podcast supporter which you could be if you go to patreon.com forward slash Dead and sons look i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be brief like just me and you i'm telling you we got one of the best communities out there and we didn't even know it literally we didn't even know it we spent three years doing this podcast and had no idea a way of communicating with people and then we did it and it turned out fucking great so One of the things, and I'll I'll let you in on a little secret, obviously Thanksgiving just passed, and George said to us, I'm I'm very thankful for you guys, but I'm also very thankful for our Discord community. He did say that. That's a real thing. That's a real fact.
0: I'm thankful that we have not had... Any big Discord drama in six months—that's that's a new record. I by by my standards, I'm very impressed by that.
2: <laughs> so you can join us, Patreon.com/slash Dansons, and you will join a wonderful community. And we are always in there, all all three of us. And you can ask questions in there. Matt just reappeared. Oh, we uh, well, Matt himself didn't, but the picture of Matt dressed as Chewbacca in a cowboy hat has reappeared.
0: You 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 there, buddy? You okay? Z- uh, uh, all right. Well, I gu- I guess we'll just have to stick to <laughs> Plan B then. At that point, is what it is. Would we'll love you, Matt. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, w- I was shuffling around some questions here based on uh, whether or not he was, because because one of them might be for him. But anyways, hey, we have a question for Liam first on the list. Believe it or not, all of us. <laughs> God a sudden, damn it! Stop it. Mgr from Patreon just wants to know, Liam: Do most Western AAA titles get localized for Japan?
2: Mm, yes. Pretty much like most regions now, AAA titles always get released in at least 15 languages, I think, 10 at a minimum. English, you got the eFigs, English, French, German, Spanish, Italian. Uh, then you tend to have the other most popular languages in the world, Chinese. Obviously, you have the two different versions. And then you have Japanese, Korean, Brazilian, Portuguese. Uh, and then after that, you tend to have countries like Poland. Uh, Russian, uh, and that tends to be it. They're the main localization languages, and Japan and Korea tend to always fit in that, so they do get localized visions of those games. So yes, The Last of Us, Battlefront, Call of Duty, all the big AAA titles always get localized for Japan. They might not necessarily get voice acting, um, but they definitely get uh, subtitles.
0: I remember seeing them in the stores. Uh, I remember I was in there in 2016 and saw like at that year's Assassin's Creed mm. at the top of the shelves. And then I'd come back in 2018 and see that year's Assassin's Creed in the yeah. in the top of the shelf. Mm. One thing I, I, I'm i a little interested in is what doesn't make it over? Cause um, I imagine that, that anything that threads, threads the line of whatever could be considered indie would have a harder time doing it. But is there any like uh double A stuff? Like, like would, would, would an Immortals Phoenix rising make it over?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's Ubisoft, of course. Uh, um,
0: Crusader Kings 3, what about that one?
2: No, I mean, I would, uh. it's really hard. If we're talking about like actual subtitles, yeah, for games on Steam, there are some games that just don't have it. I gifted a friend of mine, Disco Elysium, that didn't have Japanese subtitles, uh, I didn't know about. But we're talking about purely physical, like all the big AAA stuff that gets physical releases always has localization in Japanese and tends to release pretty soon if not on the same day
0: have uh you ever felt like you were missing out on something like is there an example of
2: one that didn't make it over uh not that anything from over there missed um but there used to be before this generation we live oh actually before the nintendo switch because the switch buying you know versions of games from the different e-shops and then playing them in the language of the whatever the user's software uh, system was is fucking miraculous i tell you a couple of years ago there used to be uh, a website called gaijin gamers and it used to have a list of all the playable ps4 and xbox one games that had dual language on them because sometimes you'd pick up a game and it would only have japanese in it uh one of the things that we never got was japanese games that got released in the west let's say biohazard or dark souls 3 uh, is a big example the versions that you would get in Japan would not have any other language other than Japanese on them even though they would get released in the West and they would have all of the different languages and Japanese on those versions. But in Japan specifically they would not launch games with uh, anything other than the Japanese language on it. So you would go to buy like Dark Souls 3 and it would be the o- it would be only Japanese. And that would be frustrating as hell. So there used to be this list on Gaijin Gamers where you would, like, scroll through and find out if a game was coming out that had English on it as well. So, you know, a game like Devil May Cry 5 or... But these were all Japanese games that were getting launched in Japan.
0: I was I was wondering if there was ever a case where where a big Western game, or maybe a medium Western game, just didn't straight up come out at all, though.
2: Definitely up until ps3 generation i really think uh, from what i can gather japan didn't get some stuff like i don't think japan got halo for a while um for obvious reasons oh because xboxes weren't yeah. popular and and you gotta think the 360 right i i, I think there were some games that just got missed but then games started taking off in japan that were from the west like minecraft took off battlefield and call Judy, PUBG, <laughs> Min- uh, of Duty, pubg hilarious all of those games picture. Yeah, they uh, they became huge sellers in Japan. Like like the most Undertale, egregiously
0: so. American games of them all. <laughs> yeah, soldier shooting. Yeah,
2: but then you know everybody loves the really Ooh. egregious Japanese games for years and years. So it's kind of just like a bit of payback, really. Yeah,
0: it just doesn't seem like uh, uh you know an, uh, th- they they don't have that exotic appeal to them. Mm.
2: I think I, I think you'd struggle maybe with games like Hitman or something like that if hitman got a physical release i think maybe that's this type of size and type of game genre that maybe japan would pass over on or wouldn't get it but then you know square enix used to own io so i don't know i honestly don't know in this right now like in this day and age everything is region free so it well actually i it was a pain in the ass to buy yakuza 7 so uh you, well yeah there you go What what, what uh, about
0: the david cage stuff was that big in japan at all like uh, Detroit and Beyond.
2: Yeah, yeah, those games came out here. Yeah, sadly, huh. Japanese people had to be subject to such. Wonder how they
0: how they thought about it because they 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 sure are big on like barely interactive visual novel type mm. products as it is. So I wonder I wonder what Japanese reviews for uh, Western narrative experience type games compare. I wonder how they <laughs> how well they could. Well they put up with that oh, stuff. Oh,
2: so I actually found a uh an interesting thread from Resetera from a couple of years ago that is the 270 top games never released in Japan, according that, to Facts. How convenient. And the number one is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. That's a shame. Curse of Monkey Island. Little big Little Big Adventure uh, Little Big Adventure 2. Oh, I thought it was Little Big Planet for a second. Day of the Tentacle. Oh, 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 actually. Oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. I literally had this conversation the other day with a friend about Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Are they? Guitar Hero and Rock Band never came out in Japan because they had Guitar Freaks, which was in the arcades, which was what Guitar Hero was inspired by. So those games never launched over here or they did like in later iterations. But like I was talking to my Japanese friend and I was like, oh, yeah, Guitar Hero is like, you know, it's such a good time. And he was like, you mean Guitar Freaks? And I was like, no, Guitar Hero, you know, at home, you got to play in Guitar Freaks at home. And he's like, what? What? So that never came out.
0: Do you think it was a copyright thing or a uh, they didn't want to compete with that market thing?
2: Probably didn't want to compete with that market. I mean, they basically stole Guitar Freaks and then made a, <laughs> made a home version of it. <laughs> guitar freaks is guitar hero. That's what it is. like th- it's absolutely exactly the same. The guitar is the same. The the you know the the fretboard that comes down is exactly the same. and Gu- Guitar Freaks was like 98 or 99 maybe in arcades in Japan I think.
0: And meanwhile, I can imagine that the task of translating something like Monkey Island back in 1989 or yeah. 91 whenever it was was a much bigger ask than well, that also it was would on be PC, nowadays, right? And
2: uh-huh. like Japanese players weren't really playing on p c if unless it was like the p c engine or the m s x and stuff like that
0: oh they 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 sure had their 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 p c porn games, but uh not, mm. not 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 the same platform as as well definitely were a lot of doing over here
2: the, the south Park the Stick of Truth never came out here supposedly. um I wonder why psychonauts never came out here
0: I'm sure they have their reasons.
2: For some reason, Football Manager 2009.
0: <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, they like baseball in Japan. That's right.
2: Well, they love soccer as well, but I think that that's maybe only in the past 10 years or so. Pillars of Eternity. Never came out in Japan, supposedly. I, I am
0: noticing that the common thread is that these are games with a shitload of text.
2: Yeah. You know, Call of Duty, you can just be like, mm, here's a gun. Shoot the gun
0: just translate whatever gun is in Japan and you've got half the script done right there. <laughs> so, another question from Patreon comes from Jordan W. They say I'm 28 years old with zero Nintendo nostalgia. How the hell did that happen? Cuz cuz if you're 28, you were still around for the uh the the the, the hype of the um maybe not the mid 90s, but at least the late 90s. Nintendo still had a bit of its old-world charm in, in the 64 era.
2: I, I imagine with his age, maybe PS1, PS2, Dreamcast or something. I don't,
0: I don't know. Somehow, some way, I'm 28 years old with zero Nintendo nostalgia. Been recently trying to get into older Zelda games such as Ocarina and Link to the Past, but I keep getting extremely frustrated with the lack of direction and obtuse nature of the design.
2: <laughs> you... Ha- Cherry picks this question.
0: I understand that these games were designed to drive magazine and strategy guide sales, Nintendo hotline calls, and schoolyard conversations. In current times, do you think this style of game design holds up? Is using a guide cheating?
2: Uh, d- d- uh, two <coughs> things. One, using a guide is not cheating. Use a guide if you want. Go ahead. Do it, it's fine. Secondly, I don't think when Shigeru Miyamoto designed Zelda, he was thinking about the American hotlines and the American magazines because they didn't exist in Japan. So the uh, the statement I understand that these games were designed to drive magazines and strategy guide sales. I'm just gonna throw it out there that that's wrong. And- hey,
0: hey! When when the Legend of Zelda one got translated though. A hmm. lot of characters suddenly started saying complete and utter bullshit that wasn't wrong and you'd have no idea of knowing otherwise without hmm. the uh, English translations of the strategy guides. Oh, that shit's scummy. Ooh, and and yeah, I did pick a question that I knew would just, like, drive us freaking crazy, because
2: we've already done this once today. <laughs> Ocarina
0: of Time, when I was growing up, was regarded as being too easy compared to the previous Zelda games. Like, that was the one where uh, all all the big older gamer bros were were whining about them opening it up for the casuals. You'd only take a quarter of a heart when you got hit by most of the enemies in that game. And, and is, the characters oh just tell you about the secrets. Mm. That that was the big revolution with, with Ocarina was that you didn't actually have as
2: big a reliance on the strategy guides before. Even Link to the Past had a lot of people talking to you or giving you hints and stuff. And it's weird, actually, because on the flip side of that, when I played Ocarina of Time when I was what seven i was stuck for two months i this i remember this very clearly because i had to ask my cousin to figure it to tell me how to do it but in the kokiri forest i could not for the life of me find any way to progress which was to get the sword right because you had to crawl under the hole in the wall to go into the forest bit where the rolling balls are coming to get the Kokiri sword, and for the life of me, as a seven-year-old child, like that is kind of obtuse because there is nothing really describing to you how to get there. Right, you just basically out of trial and error are exploring this three D space that is quite limited.
0: Thing on the screen that says. Crawl when you get up to the crawl space, and, and I thought that was cool because in Tomb Raider, yeah, but,
2: but it's behind some grass, isn't it? It's like it's that far, it's that fence bit where there's fence and okay. then the grass and stuff.
0: But but but. Did you play Tomb Raider before you played Ocarina of Time? Because that was my basis of comparison, and I had a blast just seeing what your little UI would tell you was interactive. I I, I did not have that hard of a time adjusting to it around the same age, but but that might have been because I was used to games from that era not giving you any feedback when you were in front of an interactable and you had to press the use button. And something like the original Tomb Raider, it's a gamble whether or not the little smudge of 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 a texture of a switch that might be in front of your character is something you can actually pull with the interactive button and in ocarina of time, they they'll they'll tell you when you walk up the interface is is surprisingly modern designed and how button labels are always on the screen and they're always changing to let you know what those buttons are gonna do.
2: yeah. I would say that I don't understand Jordan's particular problem now as a 28-year-old trying to get through Ocarina of time, because considering how small that game is, and I imagine in terms of the universal language of the other games he's played in the past, you'd think he'd figure it out, right? <laughs> but using a guide is not cheating, and if that's what you want to do, use a guide. It does keep happening,
0: though. Ocarina is kind of regarded as, as old, obsolete, obtuseness and I, I I, would like to know what that perspective is like but I have that game so deeply burnt into my memory which
2: is so weird because I think Majora's Mask is infinitely more obtuse really like I understand that's the one that everybody thinks is cool to like now yeah and I think Majora's Mask is fine but that is that is just so out there it's so so out there in it's design and also in it's structure I have no idea how 10 year old children found out how to time travel back and figure shit out like in that type of way it
0: is that is obtuse but it was heavier on the dialogue and between those two games as a kid i actually did use a guide for ocarina more than i did in majora when i was a kid i only used a guide to get the side quest stuff done in majora but i i i i did use a guide for the standard moments of ocarina like the water temple and and one particular puzzle in Dodongo's Cavern where you throw a timed bomb up in the air, that had me stuck yeah. for days until I looked it up. But for Majora, Majora was smooth sailing for me when I was young George. <laughs> Little George.
2: Hmm, interesting.
0: Having, having characters tell you stuff was a revolution.
2: But I think that, I mean, as, for as far as you needed to get through, I mean, you literally have the meme owl after you leave the Kokiri forest that tells you about Hyrule Field, and it's like a fucking eight-page essay, and then if you accidentally press yes, you have to listen to him say it all over again. Like, there's literally a meme about a guy, an animal, that tells you everything to do in the game.
0: You know, I think I've seen one successive playthrough in recent years. One moment that also always gets new players is when you have to wear the mask to the guard and Kakariko, who opens the gate for you if you have the key...
2: Okay, that yeah, yeah, that
0: yeah. gets a lot of players too. That's another one.
2: Yeah, no, I I can understand stuff like that. There are some there is some stupid stuff, right? Like even playing the ocarina for the Zora to make him fucking move over, right? So you can go Bar-re- to. Bar-re- yep. Bar-re- right.
0: Yep. <laughs> Just dumb shit like that. How, how do fish butt cheeks make that noise? Where, where does the noise come from? I have I have questioned the logistics of this for twenty years. Miyamoto, please explain to us the physics of of that. Who is your foley guy? <laughs> <laughs> the great Zora mystery of nineteen ninety eight needs to finally be put to to arrest. Like this episode.
2: The last time I played Ocarina of Time was the 3DS version about ten years ago. In reality, oh, that was the God. last time I played it through from it start hurts. to finish. It hurts and The 3DS version that's was really good. Old. The 3DS version was really good. I just got pissed off with the fucking the ice puzzles again.
0: You know what game has puzzles that won't? piss you off, because they'll, they'll be fast and easy and fun to solve, and the characters will tell a quick joke afterwards.
2: What? I think I Immortals already forgot Phoenix its Rising. title. Though No, was it, was it Phoenix Immortals Rising? I'm pretty sure it was called Of Gods and Monsters, and that was a way cooler name than the name they gave it afterwards.
0: Knowing what you know about the video game industry, what do you think happened there? Of all the um, names they could have changed it to, they picked Immortals Phoenix Rising. They they said they were gonna change the name anyway.
2: Wasn't it something to do with them being sued, right? Like for, <laughs> by Monster.
0: Okay, okay. Monster Energy Drink did issue a copyright notice, but they said that it wasn't because of that. That they were gonna change the name to something more more recognizable and unique anyway. But
2: drinks firm opposed Ubisoft's trademark earlier this year. So yeah, it was it was typical. It's copyright. Trademarking. Which is weird, because we're not allowed to use the word monsters anymore?
0: They could have contested that and won. I, 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 I don't think that you but can But just... it is
2: interesting, because Immortals Phoenix Rising is a really bad name.
0: It's harder to search. Like, that's a big thing, is that you want to make sure your game has a- Phoenix
2: Rising? Okay.
0: Is misspelled, intentionally, so that makes it harder to search for, too.
2: I can live with that name, though. No. Immortals- Even better, generic, but generic titles are fine. Immortals Phoenix Rising, without any grammar or anything, is terrible. (laughs) It's a bad name. (laughs) It's even just annoying to say, don't you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me wonder if they're gonna call any other games in this IP Immortals, because there's no colon after it, so I don't even know if
2: that's the name of the franchise! Like, uh, like, call it, like, Assassin's Creed. Call it, like, Immortals Rising.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I like Immortals Rising. That sounds rousing. That sounds poetic.
2: Yeah. Um, Immortals Rising, yeah. I think that would have been the best one, if that's what you were going to stick with that text for, but okay. Now I'm gonna have to play this dumb game, aren't I? God damn it! I'm trying to finish Yakuza, and like Cyberpunk comes out in like ten days, and like, ah, oh, there's some intelligence
0: to it. I think you might be pleasantly surprised. I know
2: after watching you play it that I would have some fun with it. I still don't think I will ever get over my my Ubisoft issues with their open world design. The player doesn't need to be there for it to finish. The world just exists with Barkers and icons like a theme park world in it all the time. I'd be interested in hearing your
0: thoughts particularly on uh, If you toggle that that compass on and off like I've done that in a lot of games mm. And I think that's actually one of the things that made breath of the wild less thrilling for me is okay. that I've 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 experimented with that stuff for for years and actually genu- generally depends on depending on the game of course but i do generally prefer having having less and less hud helpers on my screen as as much as i can help it
2: definitely i am a big fan of like minimal huds but just give me the required information you don't need to tell me how many herbs i have in my pocket you don't need to tell me
0: you're you're gonna love at least this observation i made and that is that once i did turn the hud off in immortals it suddenly made a whole lot of sense to me one of the reasons why breath of the wild does look the way it does is that it does make more hudless navigation a little cleaner and easier when there's solid colors on the screen yeah. it uh and and the interactables like if you a crafting piece won't get lost in the grass if it's huge and chunky and a different color than than the grass a contrasting color at
2: that. Oh, okay. The okay.
0: contrasting primary colors of this of this art style that they clearly ripped off really really does help with the hudless navigation stuff. Anyways, we just totally talked in a big circle.
2: Yeah. If you like side quests but you still somehow made it this far, I apologize. You enjoy
0: we side quested yeah. to the end. I I have issues. We we zigzagged off the main quest on our on our way out to the end of the podcast here. But uh we'll 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 be back in a week with uh more questions that, that you can feel free to send to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com.
2: Oh, join the Patreon.
0: And uh also take a look at our shirts while you're at it. If you're thinking of spending money on us, um definitely open up a tab of shirts alongside the the various other options as well. Mm. I say shirts, but I ordered a poster. Damn. I ordered I, I a mean, hoodie.
2: Yeah, I was very tempted by the mug. Very, very tempted. Like, for anybody who doesn't know, just for some clarification, TeePublic is a, a great website where you can upload designs to fit merchandise. The shirts, I got some prototype shirts, feels really good to wear, prints really nicely, and they print the design to those things. So what we've done is we have a very special dad select design, as George mentioned, designed by our community member and Patreon supporter, Zig Posca, Emmanuel Hernandez. And it is just my favorite design like i'd uh, be uh, being biased he uh, ugh, it, he nailed
0: it he really really accurately captured my musculature and in the the good shape mm. i'm in right now
2: the the sheer horror in your face is very it's very george the the horror uh,
0: yes the 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 mind and the body are both on full <laughs> display for everyone to enjoy here <laughs>
2: And um, there are two variations, a color variation and a black and white variation. And they're different t-shirts and, and hoodies and sweatshirts you can buy. You can all have different colors. So I have I've personally picked up two different color t-shirts and also a sweatshirt uh, in black and white, and I cannot wait for them to arrive. And right now, Public is having a 30% off sale uh, across their whole store. So you can just fucking buy a mask buy a mug buy a hoodie buy a sticker buy a poster and then send us pictures of you wearing them and and we'll 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 smile
0: we'll share them so that we can sell more